George Bernard Shaw was an old Irish playwright back in, back in the late 1800s. He greatly influenced his generation. In fact, here is a picture of George Bernard Shaw. In 1925, he received the Nobel Peace Prize in literature. And Shaw used to say that life is not a candle that you hold, but rather it is a splendid torch, brightly blazing. You get to hold it only for a moment, and you want to make it burn as brightly as you can. And then you take it, and you pass it on to the next generation. Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses felt that way as he was standing there giving his final address. He's standing there, all the people before him, and he's, he's holding up his hands. Moses with long gray hair and a long gray beard, and out before him is the next generation coming up. God had already told Moses he would not get to enter the promised land, and so now he's giving his final speech, his farewell address, and it's in all the first 40 verses of Deuteronomy chapter 4. And what he told them there, all standing before him that day was, life is before you like a torch. Hold on to the commands of God. Make them burn brightly. And then pass them on to the next generation. As we reach verse 10 of Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses told this crowd something interesting. He said, I want you to go back to one specific day in your past. One day I want you to remember because it was a very significant day. Here it is. Read with me verse 10. How on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, gather the people to me that I may let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth and that they may teach their children so. And you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of heaven wrapped in darkness, cloud, and gloom. And then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but you saw no form. There was only a voice. And he declared to you his covenant, which he declared, which he commanded you to perform. That is the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and rules that you might do them in the land that you're going to possess. Well, for eight Sunday mornings here on, uh, at First Baptist Church, we're, we're going through first 40 verses of Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses' speech to the next generation. And so we're looking at about four or five verses a Sunday, and, and we've gotten to the point now where Moses is telling the people, there's a day in your past I want you to remember. Now, as Moses spoke to the crowd that day, what he said was of great importance. It applies perfectly to our culture, to our generations, to our nation, and to our churches. It's almost as if Moses was speaking to us. 
on that day. Back in the 1600s in Celtic Ireland, in fact, here's a picture of, of old Celtic Ireland. That's my heritage. I'm, I'm part Irish. And back in that day, in the, or 1600 years ago, about 500 A.D., there in Ireland, the countryside was beautiful, but, but society was not. Their laws were terrible. It was eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth and, and, and bloodthirsty feuds going on all the time and citizens were put to death needlessly and they desperately needed a new way to live. And so they came up with something called the Brehon Laws. Some of you may have read about those. Very interesting. The Brehon Laws were adopted by the Irish society because they were more sensible and they were a more common sense way to live. You see, these laws were based on restitution and rehabilitation rather than blood and death. A more pragmatic way to live. And so the Brehon laws were adopted in, in, in Ireland and they were really advanced for their day. They, they talked about what happened when you lost property and they had rights for women unheard of in those days. They were really far advanced for the days. And it was said of the Brehon laws back in early Ireland. It was said within these laws is truth. And in that truth citizens of Ireland have life. Well, as you go to Moses, Deuteronomy 4, that's what was happening. God's people standing there on the verge of the promised land about to enter, they needed a new way of living. Their, their laws were not working. And they needed a new set of codes. And so God met with Moses and Aaron on top of the mountain, and he gave them a new way to live. They were called the, the Ten Commandments. And he said, this is a new way for you to live. It was advanced for that time period. And he said, in these laws are truth. And in that truth you will find life. Well, folks, America today desperately needs new codes of truth. The ones we have are not working. And we desperately need spiritual life to come. So on that day, Moses looked at the crowd and said, now let's go back, let's think about that. One day I want you to remember it and remember it well. So let's go to letter A on your outline. Take me back. Just imagine this morning, you're watching the story on video. And Moses is standing there before the people. And all of a sudden, Moses says, um, go back with me and remember. And the picture starts to get a little wavy and looks like a dream sequence. And all of a sudden, it gets fuzzy. And then it gets clear again. And you're back in Exodus 19. Moses said, go back to that day. Your daddy was there. Your granddaddy was there. And you were just about that tall. But you remember it. Here's what happened. God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, 
I want to meet with my people. In three days, go up to Mount Horeb, and I will meet you there. But here's what I want the people to do first. Before they come into my presence, they need to do something. They need to consecrate themselves today and tomorrow. And then the third day, I want them to wash their garments and then come before my presence because I do not want them coming before me unprepared. With dirty clothes. So have them clean up. And then start walking toward the base of Mount Horeb. Now, when they get there, we need some boundaries. We need to set some limits. When they get there, tell them, do not touch the mountain. Walk up to the base of it. Do not touch it because I'm going to inhabit the mountain and I am holy before you. I'm different than you. I'm holy and righteous and majestic. So tell them, do not touch the mountain. Whoever touches the mountain, whether it's a human or an animal or a beast, dies on the spot. Tell them, don't touch it. Just come near. Now here's a picture of Mount Horeb. You'll see that's in Israel today. There's a mountain that goes very tall to the peak. They would walk to the very base of it. They were to get near it but they were not to touch it. So that's what the people did. For three days they prepared. Consecrated themselves on day one, and they consecrated themselves on day two. They washed their garments on day three, and they got up early on day three, and they started marching toward Mount Horeb. And as they got closer, something interesting happened. A storm began to gather. And clouds began to move in toward Mount Horeb. And all of a sudden they heard thunder and, and, and they saw lightning bolts. And, and all of a sudden the ground started to shake. And they got scared. And they began to tremble. And then they heard something. It was like a trumpet blast. And it started getting louder. And louder and they got near to the mountain and they realized what God had said don't touch the mountain so they came up to the very edge of it and they were frightened at the storm it was so powerful and then the cloud moves in and envelops the top of Mount Horeb and all of a sudden the trumpet gets louder and louder and now the mountain begins to shake and they're frightened to death and all of a sudden a voice Moses! And they feared. And Moses went, Yahweh, the name of God. And Moses said, or rather God said, Moses, bring Aaron with you and come up the mountain. I want to meet you to give you a new set of laws my people and the Israelites were frightened as they watched and Moses and Aaron begin to walk up the mountain to meet God at the top 
and there's a cloud, dark cloud overshadowing the peak of the mountain, and they watch them as they, as they drift into the mountain and they're gone. Folks, I don't think there's anything our culture needs any more today than that same experience. We as churches, we as a nation, we as a culture desperately need to consecrate ourselves, wash our garments and come before God Almighty recognizing who He is and His holiness. We need to set limits. We need to set boundaries between God and us and our nation and our churches and our people need to come before God with fear and trembling. We've lost that. God today in our culture, well, he just the, he's the man upstairs. No, he's not. He's God Almighty. Oh, he's just a buddy. No, no, he is God Almighty who's different than us. And we need to recapture the sense of fear and trembling before God. Now go to letter B on your outline, teach them your heritage. You're watching the video, all of a sudden, as they're watching Moses go up into the mountain on the top there, all of a sudden your picture begins to have wavy lines on it again and it goes and it fades away and it fades back into view and you're back to Deuteronomy 4. And Moses is standing before the people. And he said, now I want to tell you what it was like in that cloud on top of the mountain. You couldn't see, but it was Aaron and God and I and we were there and we heard his voice. And he said, Moses, I want you to take what I'm about to give you, the commandments, and I want you to teach them to the people. And then they are to teach them to their children, and they are to children to their children, and then their children, and generation to generation to generation should be learning what I've told you and the laws I've given you. And they are to know these laws. Just as a side note, the word that he uses for know, they are to know the laws, is the word yada in Hebrew. It literally means a sexual relationship. Whenever Adam knew Eve and she conceived, it's the word know, it's yada. So he's saying these commandments that I'm giving you should be the most intimate part of your life. They should be close to you. Now, have you ever wondered why God called it Mount Horeb? I thought it was Mount Sinai. How come some passages say Mount Sinai and others say Mount Horeb for the same mountain? You ever wondered that? Well, look at the picture again. Back to Mount Horeb. Notice there is, at the, the, at, on, on one side it is sunny, on the other side it's dark. So they call the sunny side Horeb, and they call the back side, the dark side, Sinai. 
So what God is saying here, teach my people what I taught you at Horeb, the sunny side, the bright future side. If you want to have a future, a bright future, follow my commands. Moses said, so God said to me that day, Moses, gather the people that they may hear my words and that they learn, may learn to fear me all the days of their life. Hear and fear. Hear and fear. Moses, you, you have one message to tell them, hear and fear. They may hear what I tell them and they may fear me. There's nothing that our nation needs more than to hear God and fear God. We need that today as a church. Because you see, as long as I can take the Bible and pick what I want and reject what I want, I'm not hearing and I'm not fearing. As long as I can take Scripture and say, okay, this passage here, love one another. Oh, I like that. But this one over here, uh, it talks a lot about sexuality there. Nah, I don't like the one. I'm going to reject that one. Oh, and I like this passage here. It talks about justice. We need justice in our culture. Oh, I don't, I don't like that passage right there. That, no, I think that's out of date. And as long as you get to pick and choose, you'll never fear God. In fact, if you get to pick and choose... You are God. And so what he's told us is, I've given you my words and my commands, not for you to pick and choose, but for you to hear and fear. Well, the people got quiet standing before Moses there. And Moses continued. He said, I want you to remember. You remember that day? You got up early that morning. And you washed your clothes. And you were clean. And you were ready for God. And you remember you started marching toward that mountain. And you got close. And you remember the closer you got, the more anxiety you felt. And the more afraid you became. Remember that? And you remember then the fire at the heart of, of, of the mountain and, and, and heaven and wrapped in darkness and clouds. You remember all that. And then you remember whenever God called my name, you saw, you saw nothing, but you heard his voice. He didn't have a form. He had a voice. But you didn't see a body. You know Why? He said, don't make any graven image before me because there is nothing you can do to capture my presence. I'm too great. Let's just imagine. Let's imagine today we set up a, we're going to try to construct a, an idol so we can worship God. What does he look like? What's he like? And so we start, we start fashioning one, but then all of a sudden we become limited to the artist's imagination. And God's beyond that. So God said, you can't capture, I'm too great, I'm too big, you can't capture me. So rather than a, an idol, I've given you words. 
So rather than bowing to an idol to worship me, obey the words I've given you. And that was his message to his people. And then he declared, I've given you ten commandments. I didn't write them. Up there on top of that mountain, you didn't see, but I didn't write them. God's finger wrote them on two tablets. Exodus 31, 18, he tells, four times finger of God's mentioned in Scripture. Second time was here. He wrote the Ten Commandments. These are not Moses' words. I've heard people say before, well, the Bible is just a, it's a book written by men. No, Moses said God finger, wrote it with his finger. So Moses said, so listen to me, next generation. You need to take these Ten Commandments and you need to obey them. Story ends. So, how are we doing? Are we obeying them? So, let's fast forward from Deuteronomy chapter 4, 3,000 years into the future to 2022. And let's look at the Ten Commandments. Letter C on your outline, what about the Ten Commandments today how are we doing well wait a minute pastor you, you don't understand you see we're not under law anymore that was Old Testament pastor you, you don't understand we don't go by the Ten Commandments anymore because Jesus died on the cross and and because he died on the cross for our sins and rose again we have a, a we, we're devoted to him and we don't go by the law anymore so the Old Testament Ten Commandments is not really for us you're wrong Amen. it is for us Jesus said in in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount I didn't come to abolish the law to fulfill it and then later in 2 Timothy 3 16 it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God not just the New Testament all scripture including the Old Testament given by inspiration of God it is profitable for doctrine proof correction instruction righteousness so of course the Ten Commandments for us we're not saved by it we live by it And don't you notice, one of the things you notice about the Ten Commandments is every time God gave a command, there was a principle behind the command that he valued. You shall have no other gods before me. God values loyalty. You shall not make any graven image. God values submission to him. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. God values reverence. You shall keep the Sabbath day. Honor it. Make it holy. God values set-apartness, not commonality. You shall honor your father and mother. God values respect. You shall not murder. God values life. You shall not commit adultery. God values faithfulness. You shall not steal. God values what he's given you. 
You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. God values truth. You shall not covet. God values contentment. Behind every one of God's commands is a value he values. And we as Christians should value what God values. So how is America doing on the Ten Commandments? Well, we've broken all ten of them. You shall have no other gods before me. We welcome all gods. We've, we, a virtue to us is tolerance and any religion's welcome. God said, you shall have no graven images before me. And, and we no longer submit to the power of God. We're our own gods. God said, you shall not take my name in vain. And you hear about every other sentence, OMG, OMG, OMG. We type it in text, OMG. It's constantly taking his name in vain. Keep my Sabbath day holy. Sunday is just another day. You do on Sunday what you do every other day of the week. Honor your father and mother. Families being redefined. We don't even know what a father and mother is anymore. You shall not murder. I value life. Life is taken everywhere from the womb into the streets. Life's taken. We hear murders now. We don't think anything about it. Murder, another murder in Dallas last night. Okay. Thou shalt not commit adultery. We don't even consider adultery anymore. If we love somebody, that's the most important thing. You shall not steal. Property's not valued. It's looted, burned constantly. You shall not bear false witness against me. We no longer value truth. Thou shalt not covet. There's no contentment with what God's given us. We're always wanting more and more and more and different, 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 more and more. We're never content. We want what somebody else has. Folks, we've broken all ten. Not only that, we've, we've become a culture that doesn't even want to see the Ten Commandments. I don't want them in my buildings. I don't want to look at them. That's what America says. You may remember the controversy a while back in the Alabama Supreme Court a number of years ago. And then after that, the state capitol grounds in Little Rock get rid of the Ten Commandments. And then after that, it's City Hall in Duluth, Minnesota. And then after that, removal of Ten Commandments from schools and public buildings in Lexington, Kentucky. And then after that, it was Chester County, Pennsylvania. And then after that, it was Elkhart, Indiana. And then after that, it was Oklahoma City just recently. We don't even want to look at them because they remind us of God. I remember one of my youngest memories in Oklahoma growing up. I was about eight years old, seven or eight. And we had vacation Bible school. And you always had a craft. 
we had one craft for the whole week. This is a small town. One craft for the whole week. And I remember one year, the craft was two stone tablets, and like a little ceramic thing, two stone tablets and the Ten Commandments written on them. And, and we painted those Ten Commandments every day for a week. Probably to keep us quiet, I'm sure. But we painted those, and I remember painting those, and I was so proud of those. I brought those home, and, and I had the Ten Commandments. And I remember thinking as a little boy, you know, these Ten Commandments right here, this is how I get to heaven. And I didn't realize keeping those is not how I get to heaven. In fact, what I didn't know as a boy was God had 613 commands. That would have really, that would have really blown my mind. Because I was trying hard to keep the 10, thinking if I keep these 10, I, I can go to heaven. And I didn't realize that if you only break one of them once, then you're a sinner and you don't get to go to heaven. And God didn't want it that way. So he sent his son Jesus to earth, down the cross, to take our sins for us. And then whenever I realize that and, and pray a prayer and say, Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I can't get to heaven with these Ten Commandments. So I trust Jesus and what he's done for me. And whenever I trust him into my heart as Savior and Lord, that's what allows me to go to heaven to be your child. But once I pray to receive Jesus, I am to live by those commandments. And I am to value what he values. And I am to live with a kingdom ethic. It's different than mine. Because once I'm a Christian, this is my guidebook. One time many years ago, Mark Twain, you remember him, he was... He was talking with a congressman from Massachusetts. And they were visiting and just talking about different things. And for some reason, somehow the Ten Commandments came up. And the congressman told Mark Twain, he said, You know, one of these days I would love to go to the Middle East. And I would love to go to Mount, he called it Sinai, Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai. I'd love to go to Mount Sinai and climb that mountain where God gave the Ten Commandments. You remember the lightning and the smoke and the thunder and the mountain shaking? That would be so amazing if I could go back there and climb that mountain and when I get on the very top of it, read the Ten Commandments. That would be amazing. And Mark Twain said, you know what would be amazing? If you stayed here in Boston and kept the Ten Commandments. <laughs> That'd be better. And so Moses stood, arms outstretched, long flowing gray hair to those young generation. And he said, hear are the commands I'm giving you. Remember that day, obey them. Pass them on to your children. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for your word and thank you that you've given us truth and you've given us your word. God, help us to realize today that none of us will ever be able to keep the Ten Commandments and get to heaven 
So, Father, those today who have never prayed to receive Jesus as Savior, never been a time they've done that, God, may today be the day that they pray to repenting of their sins to trust Christ as Savior and Lord. But, Father, I also want to pray for everyone watching my live stream, everyone here today who have already prayed to receive Jesus, but they're not living by the commandments, that today will be the day they make a commitment that these laws that you've given us, their truth and their life. Lord, may, may we as believers be the first ones in our culture to stand up and worship you only. May, may the believers at First Baptist Church of Garland, may we be the ones that stand up and stop saying OMG. Honor the Sabbath, respect life, and not covet, follow you. Lord, may we be the ones to stay here and obey them. So God, forgive us today of the ways we fail you and the ways we don't. And give us strength, give us of your spirit, and give us grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.